Hello and welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint. Today we are going to be talking about the Maclean's. Now, before I get to that, I just want to give a shout out to my sponsor, USA Kilts. Uh, they have a superior product in their not just their kilts that they make, not just the other things that they sell that are associated with Scottish culture, but their customer service is superior as well. Also, you might want to check out their YouTube channel. They've got some great content on there about kilts and Scottish culture and some history. So go check them out at usakilts.com or check out USA Kilts channel on YouTube. All right, so before I get rolling into my content that I've got prepared for you, I always talk about my sources. And so for my sources, I have two, so I've got Okay, I've got a mixture. So I started off kind of like a baseline. What we're not doing today on the McLeans is like some super academic deep dive on them. Just listening some listing six things about them that I found interesting. So it's it's um pretty it's pretty straightforward. I wouldn't say shallow, but it's just straightforward and, and basic. And basics good. Fundamentals good. Basics good. So. Um, it was going to be five, but there was a kind of a curveball that slid in me on there. I was like, I can't leave that one out. I got it. I got it. That's too interesting for me personally. I hope it's interesting to you too. But as far as sources are concerned, I have a I have a source that is a link to an academic journal that is associated with the curveball element of the McLeans that I'm going to share with you. The other one is on archive.org, which is a, the title of that work that I drew from is a history of the clan McLean from its first settlement at Duard Castle. And it's kind of a really long title, but it's by John Patterson McLean. It was published in 1889 and it's got a ton of material in there. And it's when I get to talking about one of the branches of the McLeans, it's, it's, that's where a lot of my knowledge on that comes from, and I'm not going to go deep into the weeds on any one thing today, but that's what uh, uh, I, I'll leave links to both of those sources in the show notes. I started off with Wikipedia just as a kind of a basic, okay, let's see where we want to go from here. And then, like I've mentioned before, there's always links. A lot of Wikipedia articles are well cited, and there's links to other sources. And so, that's how I found these other two links that I found that I'll post in the notes. All right, so item number one that I found interesting about the McLeans, which first of all, thank you for helping me know how that's, that it's not McLean. It's only that way in America. In Scotland, regardless if it's pronounced M-A-C-L-A-I-N-E or L-A-N-E or L-E-A-N, over there, it's always McLean. It's not McLean. So that's just a, a, I don't know if it's only a USA thing or if it's USA, Canada, if it's USA, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, I don't know. But in Scotland, it's McLean. So they were, the first thing I thought was interesting is that the, the McLeans are a major maritime clan. So they're their principal stronghold, which is Duart Castle, and I'm going to go, go into more detail on that later because that's actually one of the things I think is interesting, is Duart Castle is on the southeast tip of the Isle of Mull, which is one of the Inner Hebrides. So to start off with, they're based out of off of an island, so you know that they're going to be involved with the sea heavily. They were involved in um, the Battle of Bloody Bay, which was, and, and you can just, that's, 
just type in Battle of Bloody Bay, Bloody Bay, you'll be able to find plenty of information on that. That was an inter-McDonnell conflict. And it was actually between father and son. And both of them drew different clans to their to their side. And the McLeans sided in that one with the father, the the Lord of the Isles, against his son. Um, in, uh, in that, they took the same side as the McNeils of Barra, the McLeods of Dunvegan or Dunvegan. And anyways, there's a huge naval battle. But the McLeans, they they have a force of ships. They this they are a clan that possesses that kind of capacity to fight out at sea as well as on land. And and if you think about them, you know, and I didn't actually didn't prepare this, but now that I'm getting to think of it, the McLeans really really were Marines, weren't they? The Marine commandos. They they get everywhere. They're they're light infantry that get to the fight via ships. So yeah, that's kind of interesting. I didn't think about that until just now, but but that's kind of a cool element of them being a maritime clan. Um, the the another quality of them being a maritime clan is that they were on the Council of the Isles. So the Council of the Isles was a council of the the chiefs of the leading kindreds or clans from the western seaboard of seaboard of Scotland and the the inner and outer Hebrides, the Western Isles in general. <clears throat> so this council had different tiers to it. And it was the the council that met together and counseled with the Lord of the Isles on all things relating to his leadership as the Lord of the Isles, specifically. And so there were four tiers to the Council of the Isles, and the Maclean's of Duart and the Maclean's of Loch Bui were on the second tier. The only people who were on tier one were other McDonald branches. So just to give you some kind of context and maybe a sense of the scope that we're dealing with here and, and where the McLeans ranked in all of this, I'm going to tell you the different tiers, and this is just taken straight off of Wikipedia. But the and as, there's an article on the Council of the Isles. So the the first tier of the Council of the Isles was oh wait no I got to correct that it's the the article that you find this information on is not an article on the Council of the Isles the Council of the Isles is a section under the article on Lord of the Isles. All right, and so there's a section in there that you can get this information from. And if I take a, just a quick scan at the different sources for this, um, because it is cited, you have R.W. Monroe, Monroe's Western Islands of Scotland and Genealogies of the Clans. So that's where they're taking some of this information from. Yeah, that's where it looks like they got a lot of this from. So for what it's worth to you, I always like to include sources. All right, so the first tier of the Council of the Isles was made up of specifically McDonald branches, like I mentioned. So you have the McDonalds of Dunyveg were represented there, the McDonalds of Keppoch, the McKeans of Ardnamurchan, which don't get thrown off by the name, they were McDonalds, and the McDonalds of Clanranel. And I've discussed them at length in, in earlier episodes in this podcast. So that was the first. So the, the only people who are ab, above the McLeans 
on this council are McDonald's themselves, which you would expect because the Lord of the Isles was McDonald of Isla and chief of all the McDonald's. So on the second tier, you have the McLeans of Duart, the McLeans of Loch Bui, the McLeod of Dunvegan, and the McLeods of Lewis. So it's McLeans, McLeans and McLeods on tier two. That's it. So that's interesting. And then on the third tier, you have McKinnon of Strath. And it, it just said McKinnon of Strath, and I wonder if that's McKinnon of Strath Ardell. But, and he just said McKinnon of Strath. And then McNeil of Barra, McNeil of Gia, and Macquarie of Ulva. And on the fourth tier, you have Micaiah the Rins, McNichol of Scorybreck, McEachern of Killallan, Micaiah of Ugadale, McGillivray and Mull, and McMillan of Napdale. Now, those of you who are familiar with Clan Hatton and the McGillivrays, like, how huh, weren't they based farther up to the northeast, closer to Inverness? They they were up to a, at a from a certain point on, but if you read about the origin of the McGillivrays, you'll find that they actually originated in the western seaboard in the Isles. So it's an, I. I didn't know this until I looked this up, but it didn't surprise me to find the McGillivrays represented here. And I think that's kind of a cool little side note. Anyway, those are the tiers. And so you can see out of all of the major clans of the Isles who had a seat at this council table, and in my head I imagine there being a table, the McLeans of both Dewart and Loch Bui were per pretty high ranking within this council. So... That is number one. Those are the different aspects of the McLeans being a maritime clan that I found interesting. Okay, number two thing that I think is interesting about the McLeans are the different branches. Now, there are a lot of different branches. The McLeans are a very powerful clan, and they had different branches all, all throughout the Inner Hebrides and Western Seaboard, seaboard specifically in the area of Morvern, which is the the mainland that's facing Mull. Okay, and originally there were other kindreds there that the McLeans supplanted. And I'm not going to go into a ton of detail about that. I'm just going to mention it there. But the two branches that I want to get into a little more detail on that I find specifically interesting. One, the McLeans of Loch Bui, and two, the McLeans of Doch Garach. The McLeans of Loch Bui were a branch of the Duarts. And they were earlier in their existence when, during the time of the Lordship of the Isles, and the Lordship of the Isles officially was just no kidding done in 1493. Yes, there were later attempts to restore that position to the, the McDonald's, but they were all unsuccessful. So... That's the kind of the time frame that we're looking up, up to 1493. And so during that time period, the, the McLeans of Duart held their lands from the Lord of the Isles, who considered himself completely independent of the Scottish king. Like he, he was Lord of the Isles by his own right. It didn't matter what the King of the Scots thought about it until they weren't. But up until that point, so the McLeans hold their lands from the Lord of the Isles. And at that, just kind of the way I read this, is that the McLeans of Loch Bui were recognized under that system as being a branch and thus answering to the McLeans of Duart. 
Now, when the lordship of the Isles was removed from the MacDonald kindred, the MacLeans, both of Lochbuie and of Duart, held their lands from the crown, directly from the crown. And they, in each of those branches, the Duarts and the Lochbuie, each of them held their lands directly from the crown without the Maclean's of Lochbuie going through the Duarts then up to the crown. And so what that made the Maclean's of Lochbuie was their own clan, an independent autonomous clan. And one thing that I would like to read further and a question that I have, and that's what I'd like to do on this on these on this podcast, is tell you not only what I've learned, but the questions that I've come out with that I still haven't found the answer to yet. And that is, after that moment, now you have both of these branches as independent, autonomous branches as far as their land holdings are concerned. To what degree did they operate together? Do, um, did the McLeans of Lochbuie, who are a, if I understand correctly, a junior branch? of the McLean kindred, um, did, they, did they feel any loyalty to the McLeans of, of Duart? Did they act in concert? Did they follow them into battle? Did they recognize them as superior in, a, in the kin-based society? Uh, those, are, those are things I'd be interested to find out someday. And if, and if any of you already know the answer to that, then go ahead and go over. Now, so if I post this in a, on a Facebook, if I share this with other Facebook groups or pages, and you've got something important to share with the community, then by all means, share it with that community too, because that's an important, I don't want to take anything away from those other Facebook entities that I, that I share this podcast with, like I do every time I publish one. However, I would invite you to go back over to the Scottish clans where this, the Scottish clans Facebook group, where this episode will be published or posted on there and throw the answer to that question in there about the relationship about between the Maclean's of Lochbuie and the Maclean's of Duart post end of the Lordship of the Isles. Now, <clears throat> the other branch of the Maclean's that I thought was interesting were the Maclean's of Dachgerach. They were actually a branch of the Maclean's of Loch Bui. And it eventually, although they started out as enemies with the Macintoshes, according to that source that I gave you on archive.org, a history of the clan Maclean, they this this group they move up the Great Glen and, and get territory in Glen Urquhart. And if you the famous connection that you might have ever had to that is Urquhart Castle. And that's a very popular tourist destination. People get up on the ramp, the, the ruins of the castle, and they try to spot Loch Ness, the Loch Ness monster. And anyway, that that area is where the, this branch of the Maclean's first settled and, and gained territory. And but it was part of a very kind of a big territory. And eventually, they would lose the Urquhart possessions, but they would retain the Dachgerich possessions. And I don't know if it was that that point that they joined the, the Hatton Confederation, but they start off as enemies with the Macintoshes, and then they end up joining the Hatton Confederation, which the Macintoshes were the chiefs of or the captains of. So they have that kind of relationship with them. So they actually become part of the Hatton Confederation or Clan Hatton. Um, now, Doc Garrick, just for your information, 
that's farther up the Great Glen. So it's not, so if you go all the way up Loch Ness until it empties out and just and turns back into a river, but before you get to Inverness, so southwest of Inverness, a few miles, that's where Doch Garach is and that territory that they would have held. So it's geographically, it's very, it's, it's quite a ways removed from the traditional McLean territory. And they became kind of separated. And like I mentioned, more associated with, as far as power bases are concerned, the Clan Hatton instead of the McLeans of Duart or Loch Boy, even though they were a branch of Loch Boy, like I mentioned. All right. So the third thing that I think is interesting about the McLeans is that even though they were once loyal adherents to the Lords of the Isles and sat on the Council of the Isles, which means they would have had a very cooperative relationship with the McDonald's, as soon as the Lordship was dissolved in 1493, they became competitors with the McDonald's of Isla. It was the McDonald's of Isla who were the... the uh, the Lords of the Isles, and eventually that branch of the McDonald's kind of goes away. I don't say they go extinct, but they, as a kindred, as a as a fighting group, however you want to say it, they they cease to be a thing. And and the conflict is more not so much with the McLean or the McDonald's of Isla, but between the McLeans and the McDonald's of Dunyveg and the McDonald's of Slate. And they have a, 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 so from that point on, when the lordship goes away and they become, these two McLeans and McDonald's become competitors instead of allies, during the 1500s, especially later, the second half of the 1500s, you see some a very bloody, very bloody conflicts between these two clans. And just two battles that I might mention among many were the the Battle of the Western Isles, and that was actually a series of conflicts. That wasn't one. And another one, another was the Battle of, I'm, I'm not really sure on the Gallic pronunciation of this, but something like Trigrunert. Um, those are two, two battles. In fact, if you want to look that up, it's T-R-A-I-G-H, and then Grunert, or Runert, it's a G-H, so sometimes you breathe past the G-H. G-H, R-U-I-N-N-E-A-R-T. So, try Grunert. Those are two of the major battles, but there are several. There, that, that When they decided to be competitors instead of allies, man, that turned into a, a, a horrible time to live in the territories of those two because it was just one scene of one group going to the other in the neighborhood of the other guys and just wasting and spoiling the land, killing the people that lived on it, driving off the cattle, burning down village, you know, villages and dwellings. And it was brutal. Anyway, so that was interesting. Once solid, solid allies, as soon as the Lordship of the Isles went away and that power structure crumbled, the just violent conflict with the McDonald's after that. And, and some interesting relationships with the Campbells as well. I didn't, I didn't include one story in this, and I might just briefly mention it, where a chief of the Maclean's marries a daughter of the Earl of Argyle. It was a horrible relationship. He leaves her stranded on a rock, basically, out in the sea, expecting when the tide comes up that she'll just be washed away. She's unexpectedly rescued by some fishermen who return her to her Campbell homeland, and the camels didn't take that very well. Anyway, 
that's uh, I didn't have that very well prepared, but just thought I'd mention it. Now, let me spend a, a minute talking about my sponsors. The USA Kilt, I'm going to start off talking about the YouTube channel. The USA Kilt's YouTube channel is is enjoyable to listen to. One, something that they're very responsive to their audience. They take listener feedback and they use that to um, as a platform, I guess you could say, to, to jump off of, to answer the questions. It's a great way to talk about things that they know a lot about, but starting from where they're, what their listeners want to hear. And, and I have found that in many cases, what the listeners have, the questions they've submitted are things that I'm also curious about too. And as a teacher, I find, if one person answers, asks a question, I'm under the assumption that there are at least others in the class who are wondering the same thing. So that's, that's something I think they do really well at, as far as um, knowing what people want to hear about and want questions that they want answered. They do a great job on that YouTube channel promoting Scottish culture, and that includes some of the history of Scotland and some of the history that overlaps with some of the things that we talk about on this podcast. So I really enjoy their YouTube channel. Go check them out, USA Kilts on YouTube. And the other thing is usakilts.com, which is their website where that's their it's a product-based website. And that's where they sell their kilts. They have superior kilts. I own one. It's awesome. Uh, you know, you might say, well, are, what are you, a connoisseur of kilts? No, I'm not. It's the only kilt I've ever owned, but I have been wearing clothes for a really long time. And I know I've got a quality piece of clothing on. So t- quality kilts, yes. Um, also, not just kilts, though. Any kind of accessories that run with the the culture of Scotland, and, and some stuff that kind of ventures out of the specifically Scottish culture and other branches of the, the Celtic family. They got a few Welsh things and Irish things on there. So, and, and then it's just, so it's not just the kilts, but you know, they've got vests and sweaters and I mean, it's a, quite a broad range of products that are associated with Scottish and more generally Celtic culture. Um, it's not just the products though. Customer service is excellent. I had a very good experience with them, and and so I, I I would not recommend you to them if I had had a, a poor experience. So go check them out. One thing I might add here is that it's free shipping inside the USA because they are based out of Pennsylvania, and so that's made in America. But um, you can you can actually they, if you're wondering like okay made in America but it's a Scottish product was like how do they compare with the Scotland products they actually have an episode on their YouTube channel about that so go check them out all right back to the McLeans Alan McLean this is the curveball this is the one that this is why there's six things instead of five Alan McLean was a what I would call a patriot he took the side of the I, uh, the British would call them rebels or insurgents or whatever during the American Revolution, or I think in the, in the UK it's called the War the War of American Independence. I think there was a McLean that took a very active and gallant part in that conflict, and definitely regardless of where other McLeans stood and if they were loyalists or colonists, patriots, whatever, regardless. You read his war history, and he is someone that the McLeans can be proud of. Um, I just just a few details about this gentleman. He was born in Pennsylvania. I believe he spent most of his life though out of Delaware. 
operating out of Delaware. And he, uh, his father, though, was from the Isle of Cole. So it goes back to the McLeans that we're talking about. Who would, they were a branch of the McLeans. And he w fought in several, several engagements in the Revolutionary War. I'm just going to mention a few of them. Long Island, White Plains, Princeton, and Monmouth. But there is a, there is a bunch of he, he saw a lot of action. And it's interesting. What, what role did he play? What what capacity? Was he an artilleryman? Was he a sapper? Was he a, a light infantry? What, what was he? Was he one of, um, you know, down south you had Marion, uh, what's his name? Swamp Fox, Francis Marion, R doing guerrilla stuff. This guy seems to have done it all. He, I'm just going to write, read a quote from Christopher Ward's book, The War of the Revolution, published in 1952. It says, he was captain of an independent corps, now a small group of horsemen, now a hundred men, mounted, mounted and on foot, including sometimes a contingent of Oneida Indians. He was at once forager, scout, and raider everywhere about Philadelphia, and even at times in that city in disguise. Um, I, I read, so I will post a, a link to the article that I got some of that information from, that uh, he had an intelligence network set up. He was feeding Lafayette and, and Washington intel. Um, the part in there that I'm really interested in, because as an officer, my original, my basic officer branch was was uh, armor. I later went to a school, that, so I included the cavalry. Um, and I'm, I've always been fascinated by the the not just the, the the heavy cavalry troops just storming on the battlefield and sweeping people off, but the I've always been interested in the light cavalry and the the skirmishers and the scouts and the reconnaissance. And I, I'm still and I the way my personal journey in the military has gone, I, I didn't get in there as much as I wanted to, but I've always been fascinated with that. And it seems like this guy was neck deep in it. Anyway, um, there's I, mean, I read I didn't really make detailed notes about this, but I did re read something in there about him like going one on three with some red coats and killing one guy, wounding the other, and the other guy just ran for it. And so I don't know, this guy is pretty hardcore. And I just thought, you know what? All of his kinsmen back in Scotland would be pretty proud of the way he handled himself in that in that 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 conflict in general. And the last thing that I want to mention is Duart Castle. It's still in good condition. Now it's been restored. So it's, you know, during the, when Cromwell came into Scotland, um, Duart Castle didn't make it out of that very well. And it went into bad shape. Um, it changed hands several times after that. The, the Campbells got a hold of it and then they sold it later on and went through over the period of about 300 years, some from the late 1600s to now. But the uh, I don't know if Fitzroy McLean seems like a or McLean seems like a big name in uh, I don't know he was I know he was a soldier anyway he he acquired the castle back and so it's now back in McLean hands um, like most McLean strongholds it was likely built by by the so I read through the like the brief I don't know if you call it a bio on all of the McLean strongholds think castles that were at least at some time in the history of the castle associated with the Maclean's. And it seemed like a lot of the strongholds, the castles that became associated with the Maclean's were once thought to have been built by the McDougal's 
to show you, you know, that this must have been pre-Robert the Bruce and how powerful they were because they're, I mean, it covers quite a broad area of where these castles are built. But built by the McDougals, passing to the hands of the McDonalds, and then eventually to the the uh, McLeans. Now, in the case of Dewar Castle, it was a dowry. It was part of a dowry when John of Isla's daughter, in the latter half of the 1300s, married Lachlan Lubinach McLean. And so, yeah, that's how the McLeans got a hold of it, and then it became their number one castle and it's still owned by the McLeans like I mentioned so that's six things that I find interesting about the McLeans thank you for joining me for this episode I, uh, I thought there's a lot more we could go in McLeans have a lot of in interesting information about them but that's just a brief um, six things that I think are interesting about them if you've got more information to add to that go to the Scottish clans Facebook group Go ahead and join us. We're now over 6,000 members. It's just growing like wildfire. And it didn't seem like that long ago. We just barely hit the 1,000. I thought, wow, that's pretty good. I don't really know what that means that we got 6,000, over 6,000 people in the group. But um, at the core of that, we've got some pretty awesome contributors. And so I'm, I'm really... I really feel good about the community that we're developing on Facebook. And someday we'll go more professional with it but um go over there you'll find this episode posted on there get in down in the comments and if you got more to add throw it in there glad to have your input um other platforms that you can interact with you can leave a review on apple podcasts you can go to podbean.com and reach out and leave a comment on there and uh yeah. Oh, and I, my email, the Scottish clans at gmail.com. I know it's kind of hokey using Gmail, but that's where I'm at right now. So go there if you want to send me a personal message. So thanks for joining me today. Until next time, Martian Leib and Rasta.